for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Tonight on the show, we are talking one of the most maligned Friday the 13th sequels that exists. That would be Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. So, Hillary's here. Hey, guys. And my question to you is, because you, by your own admission, you will say that you're burnt out and you don't remember shit when you see it. Yeah, no, I'm a total, total fucking burnout. I always remember the part ones, like clear as day, because almost all of the slasher franchises, like the part ones are, you know, phenomenal, which is why they are able to be made into franchises, you know? So, but yeah, once we get into three, four, five, six, they are all one movie to me that just takes a Lord of the Rings amount of time to watch. Wow. Okay. All right. So that's really interesting. So then when we watched this in Mexico, was that your first time in a certain amount of time seeing it? Um, yeah. What were, yeah. I have no idea the last time I just sat down and watched Jason. I, I would watch, which is terrifying to admit, but my, so my grandparents had HBO when I was whatever age and uh, Jason Takes Manhattan came on HBO all the time. So of all the, the standout like Jason movies, it was the one in fucking Manhattan that... I fucking hate that movie. Yeah, right? Like, it's so... I mean, you know, we only say positive things here. So. Right. No, I'm right, sorry. Yeah. That's why That's why we've never done uh, Jason Takes Manhattan or Freddy vs. Jason or... I'm not really the biggest fan of Seven, even though, like, I... I love Kane Hodder um, as a human, and I love him as Jason. I, th- I feel like he brought a certain flavor to Jason that wasn't there before. However, part seven, which is basically Carrie versus Jason, is not really my flavor either. I was totally in my brain. This is what happened when you said seven. I went Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, and you were like Kane Hodder. And I was like, who the fuck was he in seven? Like, and it was funny because as I said it, no, what's great about that is that as I said seven, I was like, you need to be more specific because she's going to think you're talking about seven, which is a masterpiece, by the yeah, way. Like, I didn't really like seven. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, yes. right. Show over. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. we should dive into that after this. <laughs> but then I got caught up in like, who is Kane Hodder? It's right. like extra seven, right. you know, right. <laughs> man with cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a guy just walking down the stairs, right, right past Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow, God. you really do know your horror trivia. <laughs> Lord, I'm good. I'm not that good. Um, one of the things that I remember seeing regarding this film was I remember very clearly my brother watching this and me seeing the whole scene where um Mark Venturini chops up Joey okay like 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 that I remember that from being a kid and seeing it and being just like horrified by it see I remember Corey Feldman you know for Corey Feldman because you know it's little baby Corey Feldman yeah and then even though little tiny baby Corey Feldman has, you know, five minutes 
in five, again, it's one long movie for me. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Okay, I get it. All right, so let's dive into this. Exactly. So you were talking about Corey Feldman. The opening does have Corey Feldman kind of walking through uh, essentially someone's backyard because that's where they shot it. And he sees two grave robbers dig up Jason's corpse for whatever reason. Why are people like this? You know, and I do think like this would happen that people just be like, yeah, let's go dig up a serial killer that's so cool. Like what? Why are people? I don't understand it, especially because like I can understand grave robbing in the sense of I'm going to steal your jewels. Yes, to make to make money. You don't need it underground. My family's starving. Absolutely. Like the 1800s grave robbers, gold fillings, totally get it. Really, really don't have a problem with it or even the episode of yellowstone where rip dug up his mother so he could get her ring so he could propose to his girlfriend it's like yes okay that i totally understand but yeah just this like digging up a corpse so you can see it covered in maggots is like bro yeah i mean first off rip's girlfriend's name is beth just (laughs) we gonna put some spect on her name First of all, also this is this is this is also the first time I've ever I've ever asked you if you had seen Yellowstone. So yeah, yeah, no, we gonna put the spect for Beth. Right. Okay. So when Rip goes to propose to Beth, he yeah. digs up his mother to get the ring to give to her. Yes, and again, totally fine with that. But just like the whole, yeah, let's just go. I, but I also don't go watching this like who would ever do that I right know. no i mean that's yeah. it is people are people are garbage yeah. why, like just why are people yeah. so so Corey feldman you know has this like weird dream sort of sequence and then wakes up and we now see that Corey feldman has previously played uh tommy jarvis and tommy jarvis is kind of this ongoing character in four five and six uh, and then, then, unfortunately, we just lose him and we go straight to Carrie territory. Um, but so he wakes up and it is not Corey Feldman. It's actually John Shepard. And he is supposed to be a teenager playing fast and loose. With that. I, yeah, I was just like, OK, so are we fast forwarding like. 10 years we can't be yeah that's the thing yeah no the friday the 13th timeline i you know no definitely no Uh -uh. and because i was just like he looked teenagey like you know we gonna have a problem today murphy right murphy is uh murphy's letting you know what that's actually a good we'll just do a good segue here um if you're looking for some really good asian cuisine Check out She's So Crispy. That is S-H-I-S-O Crispy. That is a food truck, okay? And it comes to Pinellas Park. It comes to a place called Unlimited Games, and it actually parks behind Unlimited Games. And uh, on uh, is it 34th or US-19 or whatever that long road is. I think it's US-19. And um, I will tell you, it is the best fucking Asian food I have had since Asian Pearl, which is like my go-to, but it just takes too long to drive there. But totally worth the drive if you're in the Pinellas Park area. Go check them out. Amazing amazing cuisine seriously totally worth it uh great dumplings and bang bang chicken and all kinds of like weird shit but 
really, really, really good food. Okay, thanks, Murphy, for that. All right, so we're back. And yes, so so John Shepard plays uh, Tommy Jarvis. He wakes up in what we call a druggy buggy, but is actually a mental health <laughs> carrier, <laughs> mental mental health van. <laughs> yeah, I... I mean, I could go with like a druggy buggy. Right, because yeah. it is totally a druggy buggy because yeah. it's a place where you pick up someone who needs to be dropped off at a halfway house or a facility of some sort. In this case, he is being dropped off at a at Pinehurst Youth Development Center in yeah. the middle of what looks like North Carolina. Yes. Yeah, it's a home for wayward teens and, you know, just... I have actually listed all of the teens oh. by the amount of wayward. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Like. Because we've got everything from like a goth kid to a guy who looks like he's on the wrong side of 35. Yeah. And just a stutterer. Know, yeah. Yeah. A stutterer. You just um, heavy set. So, yeah, it was there was a whole lot of. You know, I'm a fat guy. So yeah. therefore I'm here. Like, you know. <laughs> Really, one of the first characters that we meet, Vic, very, very wayward. Oh, very. So, wayward. so wayward. So wayward. And also, <laughs> I will say this, because Mark Venturini, rest in peace, buddy, by the way, rest in peace. But hot in Return of the Living Dead, hot in Friday the 13th Part 5. Yeah, I mean, hot, even with his weird Nazi-esque. Oh, I know, he has like a fucking band. Nazi armband yeah. on him. But, you know, it's, like, made out of spikes because he's cool. Right. And I was just like, oh, God. Yeah, very wayward. He, yeah, he needed, well, he needed to go to someplace better. Exactly. So I was, I watched this with Pablo. And Pablo has been to many a, you know, boy's home slash facility. So I was asking him, I'm like, is this pretty accurate? And he was saying, well, I know we weren't allowed to have axes. <laughs> that does make sense because that is inappropriate. I I watch, I saw a quote the other day online that was just like I wear cowboy boots because the women I like can't have shoelaces. Yeah. Oh, I, I was like that's so good. So true. <laughs> so true, man. So true. Um it becomes very apparent when we first meet Tommy Jarvis in this incarnation that he is sweaty. He is like covered in a sheen of just glistening sweat throughout this whole movie. Yeah, he was like he could have also done a commercial for Hawaiian Tropic. Oh yes, yeah. Like yes. During, during the filming of it, he was probably just collecting that bag. You know, yeah. no hate to yeah. you, Tommy Jarvis. No hate, no hate, Tommy Jarvis. Um, so we go into this this facility and we meet Pam, played by Melanie Kinnaman, and Matt, the doctor with the uh, interesting belt buckle. He's got like a belt buckle on the side. Did you notice that? I did not. Yeah, it's no. very strange. I was like, how are those those pants? Yeah, now I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. But no, I totally. I was when Matt came on the screen. I was really looking at all of like the different weird posters. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What? You know, let's talk about Matt's office, yeah. should we? Okay. So, so we're going. We're we're panning into Matt's office. We see uh, one of my favorite album covers, which is from a band called Orleans, and it's literally a bunch of just shirtless men on the front of the cover, and it they're the ones who sing the "Still the One" back in the seventies. And so you see this like album cover 
And then we see a picture of John Lennon on the wall for really no apparent reason. There's a weird, like, mask face type thing hanging yes. down. There is a poster that says, uh, Breaking a Family Tradition. Yeah. Uh, it looked like the periodic table of elements was just Right, up just up there for yeah. whatever reason. And uh, it looked, it reminded me of... Mulder's office. Ah, that's what I was thinking of. Just like, and he probably knows, you know, what everything is, and it's papers underneath papers, and that's what I was thinking. It was very, very reminiscent. Yeah, it's kind of like they just threw the kitchen sink at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just like, what do you have in have in your trunk? What's in an office? Oh, I don't know. You know, John Lennon in the table of elements. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. So they explain to um, they explain to Tommy Jarvis, you know, you're you're basically here so we can teach you how to re-enter society. Okay. So big question: If we're teaching Tommy Jarvis how to re-enter society, and that's what this house is, where the fuck did he come from? Well, he came from the mental institution. That's why he was on the druggy buggy. Oh, okay. Okay. So he had been institutionalized yeah. after four. Yeah. So 10 years, five, year, eight years. Some amount of undiscriminate time that he was little tiny baby Corey Feldman, preteen, 13 age, is still a teenager, but looks like a grown man. 25. So, but still in the system that can care for him. Yeah. So that amount of time. Absolutely. Okay. So that's where he was. Yeah. So, so, well, thank you for clearing that up. Cause I was kind of like trying to figure out, I'm like, where the fuck is he coming from? But I guess he is coming from a mental health facility. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yep. So, um, he goes to his room, he's playing with his, uh, blade, you know, yeah. which of course, well, that's another thing that my boyfriend pointed out was like, he wouldn't have been allowed to have that. Yeah. No, I got kicked out of halfway houses, uh, for having a knife. Ah. Yeah, they were just like, no. I was like, what? Perfect. I love it. Yeah, they're like, well, I, I kind of need it, yeah. you know? Um, there are crazy people here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, have you been here? Yeah. <laughs> have you met some of these bitches? It's like, I'm going to live with eight women? Yeah. And they're crazy. Yeah. It's like, Talk no. It's crazy. So then we meet the... Um, the caretaker, the caretaker's grandson, right? Reggie, Reg, Reggie the Reckless. I, Reggie the Reckless. Yes, Reggie the Reckless. He's my heart in this whole fucking movie. I love him so much. I love Shaver Ross so much. I think he's fantastic. Now, if Shaver Ross looks familiar to any of our 80s kids out there, uh, he was best known as the unfortunate friend of Gary Coleman in that episode of Different Strokes, titled The Bicycle Man. And we're just going to leave that on the table. If you would like to find that episode, it is on YouTube. Um, but it is probably the most disturbing moment of sitcom television that ever graced the 80s. Yeah, no, that, that was a really, really dark episode. However, I did un- understand why Reggie the Reckless was at the home for wayward tweens. I understand his grandfather worked there and everything, but I also understood that after hanging out with Gary Coldman, he needed a safe place to fucking go. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Especially, and especially still the heart of the whole fucking movie in my opinion. Absolutely. No, Reggie is fantastic. What a great character. So the cops come and they bring back, we're just gonna call them the sex couple. Yeah, the sex couple. Now 
It's also very important to point out that in all of Friday the 13th canon, this film has the highest body count. So we're dealing with a lot of characters. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they did not get names at all. So many characters. Oh, my God. So sex couple, uh, one half of which is played by the lovely, the beautiful, the uh, perfect breasted Miss Deborah Sue Voorhees. Great fucking name. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously. Got, yeah. Right. That's how you got cast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we bring back... <laughs> the cops bring back the sex couple. Uh, one cop is Tucker, and the other one has a really weird name, and I thought it was, like, Boo Boo or something like that, but um, it's funny how we, you know, remember these weird things. And we meet the national treasure that is Ethel. Yeah. Ethel and Junior are... Like, Reggie the Reckless is the heart of the movie, but Ethel and Junior are absolutely, like, the balls and, like, the potty mouth. Like, that, just that scrappy... I... Yeah, I fucking love them. Yes, I am. I am absolutely team Ethel. I think she's fantastic. She actually auditioned for the part of Ethel. Uh, her name was uh, Carol Locatel. She wore a wig that was gifted to her by Burt Reynolds for her time playing a prostitute in a movie called Sharky's Machine. Uh, of course. Of, like, that, what way to make... Ethel even fucking better. So the and the new beginning people loved it. They were like, yes, they can't believe you can provide your own wig. But then some fucker ran off with it after production. That's you know what? It was probably Vic. <laughs> <laughs> so so obviously the So the cops tell them, like, hey, look, like we understand what you're doing here. We like that you're trying to make the world a better place by rehabilitating these kids, in quotes. Um, but you got to keep them off Ethel's property because yeah. if she sees them fucking on her property, she's going to kill them. Yes, yeah, she is absolutely going to kill them. And and it is believable. It oh, is, yeah. it is yeah. absolutely believable. And Junior is kind of like, Junior kind of lo honestly looks like if like Phil Collins gained a whole bunch of weight and then got like a motorbike. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I see it. Yeah, yeah. So we cut from there to um, we the, the, the lovely Mark Venturini playing Vic. Uh, and he is basically just chopping wood. And we're trying to... I was trying to figure out, I'm like, is he chopping wood for exercise? Or is he chopping wood because they're going to build a fire? Yeah, no, he was just hitting wood with an axe. Right, he wasn't yeah. actually chopping. Yeah, no, there was no, this will be helpful or useful at some point. He just looks like, you know, his little Nazi-esque, and I'm just going to be destructive. And very and very tan, and also very sweaty as well. Yes. Also very sweaty. Also, so much sweat in this movie. So, um, we meet Joey, that portly fuck, is uh, Dominic Braschia. And I'm allowed to say that because it is rumored, allegedly, it is rumored that he is the one who raped Corey Haim back in the day. Oh. Yes, because he was, quote, an acting teacher. Oh. I know. I know. So so when he actually does get killed by Vic, it's kind of like, yay. But, um, <clears throat> 
So Mark Venturini is chopping wood. Joey is just kind of like wandering around being a douchebag. And uh, he tries to help with the laundry, but he's got like chocolate all over his face. Because, you know, you have to take like the fat guy and give him like basically like double fisting chocolate bars. Yeah. See, and I, you know, so Vic, again, on the list, very, very wayward. Joey, not wayward. But however, if you're a pedophile, now you go into the very, very wayward. Yeah, totally wayward, cocksucker. Initially, I thought you were in the teenage home for boys because, you know, you ate chocolate. And I was like, that doesn't seem like a good reason. But no, you rape kids, so. (laughs) Fuck you. Yeah, no. (laughs) So he's wearing. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So he's wandering around and uh, he puts the chocolate bar on on top of a piece of wood and Vic just basically decides that he's going to chop him into little pieces. That's what he does. He takes the ax and just starts chopping him up. And this is like completely wild and uh, like unpredictable moment in this movie. Yeah, no, this was the, you, you know, obviously it's a, you know, Friday movie. Jason is, you know, going to come. There's going to be the hockey mask and the machete and all of it, you know, and you, the music, the whole Jason score that is Jason. So, yeah, when it's somebody else that just dies a violent death like that, it is very like, wait, what are we watching? What movie is this? Yeah, it really throws it really yeah. throws things off, right? So cops come and, you know, then so do the ambulance attendants. Yeah. And we meet... Um, one of the ambulance attendants is just basically like a douchebag and he's just like uh talking to the other ambulance attendant whose name is Roy. Now this is important because Roy will come into play later on. Uh and they basically look at like his hacked up body, uh Joey's hacked up body and then cover it with a sheet cuz that's what happens. Yeah, and then just all right, you know, time time to get your hands dirty, Roy, and like let's load him up and whatever yeah take him away they were asking matt earlier they're like i hear you got the jarvis kid what's he like and you know matt's like you know he's just like any other he's confused and you know because you can like totally tell that like matt and pam really feel like they're doing god's work yeah with some really questionable people yeah and very questionable methods i would say and also, you know, like, what do they do all day? That so, so my boyfriend pointed out that Pam keeps touching Tommy. Yeah, very much so. Very, like, like very touchy with Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch him. Yeah, very, very touchy feely. Matt, the doctor, really, really small part in the movie overall for a doctor. And then I'm like, I feel like you should have. A few more staff than grandpa caretaker for the field really doesn't do anything else. And then just another boy and girl just running. Right. I was like, well, yeah, I guess that's why you can only have five teenagers. That's kind of that's kind of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So the next scene is I literally think that this scene was only added just to pepper the body count. Oh, absolutely. Because. I mean, and and I don't even know where this came from because this is wild. So we meet Pete and Vinny. (laughs) Pete and Vinny played respectively by Anthony Burrill and uh, Corey Parker. And both of them are dressed. uh, They're going to the Blue Oyster Bar in Police Academy. Yes, they are 100% dressed like leather daddies, except 
they're more like leather bow peep. Yes, very. Yeah, no, they were going to be laughed out of the Blue Oyster Bar from Police Academy. Uh, but they were going to try to get in. Yeah. So they uh, end up, one of them, one of them ends up going and taking a shit in the... <laughs> Like you do. Like you do. In the woods. Like a mile into the woods. Like as far into the woods as you could go to where you can still use the streetlights for comfort. But also we're going to walk for 20 minutes to take a shit in the woods while the other one fixes the car. Exactly. And then. In leather pants. In leather pants. And then one of them gets a road flare in the mouth. And then the other one gets basically his throat slashed by a machete. Yeah. By a machete. Cue Jason Voorhees. Because that's what he does. Exactly. Right. And then we uh, we cut back to sweaty Tommy. Yeah. Very, very wayward. Yeah. Tommy. Just sweaty, sweaty Tommy. Tommy. Very yep. wayward. <laughs> And, uh, and he's, he's having a lot of, he's having a lot of dreams. He's having not even a lot of dreams. He's having a lot of like daydreams where he sees Jason outside of his, of, of, of the halfway house. Yeah. That, yeah. Sees him in the, you know, doors and I, I feel like that's normal. I, well, I don't know. And then he tried, like, it's funny because, like, he opens like a thing of pills and he tries to take, he's, and I was like, I don't really think that's how that works. Yeah. I like I mean, he's shaking so badly, and then the second it hits his tongue, he's like, oh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I got to wipe off the sweat and go downstairs for breakfast. So speaking of breakfast, we we learn that Reggie really wants to go see his brother, Demon. Yep. Demon, which is going to be played by Miguel Nunez, also from Return of the Living Dead. Fantastic actor. Great guy. Um... And he is uh, talking to Gramps, and Gramps is like, you know, we'll see, you know. And I remember when my parents used to say, we'll see, it meant no. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see is no. Totally a, totally a no. If Gramps looks familiar to our genre fans, he is also the old wise man from The Last Starfighter. Everyone's getting ready for breakfast. And um, our, our friendly neighborhood goth girl, Violet. Yeah accidentally sets too many places but does she like really like because then when it's all said and done you know it's just like um i feel like you're actually one short yeah it's very strange like if you count the place like it doesn't it that that argument doesn't really make a whole lot yeah, of it sense hold water. i think it's just so they can argue yeah no it was definitely but i feel like if you're gonna set it up in the movie at least set it up how difficult would it have been right to really have to very little follow through with that with that particular plot point uh so meanwhile matt tells tommy like hey man can you go and tell one half of the sex couple i cannot think of his fucking name uh you know can you tell one half of the sex couple to come down for breakfast and he's like okay you know like i think john shepherd truly has maybe a total of like 10 lines in this entire movie because he really just mumbles or one words everything yeah very much so very very mumble grumble yeah like without subtitles it's it's very difficult to understand tommy jarvis so uh one of the guys the guy comes out wearing one of tommy's masks okay so it's important to point out that tommy jarvis is loosely based on tom savini Tom Savini did all of the special effects makeup for the Friday the 13th series until later on when it was John Buechler. But before that, 
it was specifically Tom Savini. So that character of Tommy Jarvis is loosely based on Tom Savini. So like he makes masks and he does special effects, which is how in part four he was able to like, you know, dupe Jason into believing that he's Jason reincarnated and all that kind of crazy shit. So that's where that comes from. So he comes down wearing one of his custom made masks and, and Tommy is not happy about that and decides to just body slam him. Oh yeah. Beach that picks him up upside down, like stone cold stunner style. Yeah. Which is a wrestling term. Yes. Yeah. Totally, <laughs> totally body slams him. Um, we meet two other members of, of there, which is, um, so we have uh, Robin. Robin. And then the stuttering guy. Yeah, Jake. Oh, Jake. Yeah. Okay, Jake the stuttering guy. <laughs> not wayward. And Robin, not even a little wayward? Why is she there? Yeah, I, I think Robin's, I don't know. Maybe Robin is just like really socially awkward. Yeah, but she wasn't. <clears throat> Like with within the group there, yeah. she was very aware, very like didn't I couldn't put an eating disorder on her. I couldn't give her an addiction to anything. It didn't look like she was self-harming or cutting. So we cut back to Ethel and she's telling uh, Junior, you know, you big dildo, come eat your slop. So great. Yeah. Best line in the movie. Best line in the movie. And then we meet uh another a, another body count yep. thing that just just has not this dude just walks up to the house and asks for work oh yeah Dr oh. drifter guy yeah drifter guy yeah no i was uh no I, name yeah i totally forgot about drifter guy um i was thinking about lana and billy oh yes we're gonna we're gonna get to yeah. what what is arguably my favorite couple in this entire movie yeah i totally a drifter guy didn't even make the fucking note nope I forgot about drifter guy comes in and says you know hey i i'm hungry i'm looking for a place to sleep or whatever and, and ethel basically tells him like go clean all the shit out of the chicken coop come back and i'll fill your stomach and then we cut <laughs> because that's what we do. Yep. We cut to, yes, arguably my favorite couple, uh, Lana and Billy. Okay. So Billy apparently works at the mental institution. He's one of the, he's the druggy buggy driver. Yes. Lana is a waitress who works at the local greasy spoon yes. and they have a, a, a very, uh, coke fueled relationship yeah and haven't we all oh yes indeed me in my 20s so uh we cut to lana is inside getting ready and she basically like flashes her boobs at the at the at the mirror um like and you like you do really and she's like girl you are so hot yeah oh yes <laughs> and just uh it looks like she's like spraying like the mouth yeah. spray <laughs> just <laughs> In her mouth, on in her, her mouth, titties, on like, her boobs, like, under, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, don't put that in your underpants. I was like, don't do that. That's not good. <laughs> That's not That's good. good. Why? Why, women? Why? Yeah. That really got me yelling more than on any of the other murders. I was like, no, Bianca, on your no. panties. No. So then <laughs> we cut to Billy, who is in his car. He removes the mirror, the rear view mirror from his car. Yeah. And immediately pours out the largest amount of cocaine I think I've seen. In addition to having a vial of the cocaine with yeah. him. Yeah, no, it's like pretty much the entire, it was like a Scarface type pile. 
that he just like dumped out on a rear view mirror. And I was just like, so you're going to do all of that and then go drive some like what is the plan yeah it's like i'm sorry but if you're expecting to fuck on that much cocaine i guarantee you you won't be able to fuck no yeah no coke coke dick is a thing yep all right so they get killed (laughs) there's really no there's no real it's not very ceremonious it's very much like he gets killed she gets killed. But she, she, like, my favorite, my absolute favorite part with Lana is she goes out and, you know, he's already dead and, like, whatever. And then she just, like, looks down and she's like, ooh, floor cocaine. And just, like, starts doing blow right off the floor of a car. And I was like, Lana, you're a girl after my own heart. And then, yeah, she dies. But, oh, I loved Lana for that. Lana ends up with an axe to the stomach. Uh, meanwhile, the cops are still trying to figure out exactly what's going on. And then, okay, so if you look at the scenery of this film, it looks very much like North Carolina. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the accents in this film, there's a lot of Southern to it. All of a sudden, the mayor of like New York or New Jersey comes wandering in trying to figure out who's killing everybody. <laughs> Maybe it's upstate New York. Is it? I mean, is that a... Okay. Well, okay. So I have a question because you've obviously been more places than I have. But in upstate New York, do they have southern accents? Um, I feel like maybe... Because Camp Crystal Lake was, was, was 100% upstate New York. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, you can have the scenery there. That would make sense. And then, like, the mayor would kind of make sense and maybe just since it's like a wayward teen-esque program like people just got put there okay i can understand that i just was wondering because like ethel and ethel's child so to speak all they have southern accents well yeah no i don't i don't i can't really explain them so it's very like georgia ish you know so anyway the mayor is uh trying to figure out who's killing everybody and tucker says it's Jason Voorhees. And the mayor says, you've been out in the sun too long. Yeah, that I, I kind of understand the mayor, though. Imagine, like, trying to blame a ton of murders in the area on, like, the boogeyman. Like, really how well that that would fucking go down. Right. And it very much reminded me of Jaws, of, like, we need to close the beach. We're like, we can't close the beach. It's, like, Labor Day week or whatever fucking weekend. <laughs> the 4th of, Fourth of July. Yeah, we can't close the beach, and, you know. And it, that's what that whole scene reminded me of. <laughs> What's really funny, though, is that we introduced the mayor. We literally never see him again. He doesn't even die. No, no, what? He did all he needed to do. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Jason Voorhees is ash, and we dump over the ashtray. Dump the ashtray. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. So the next thing we see is 100% the only real sex scene in this movie, which is by our 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 sex couple, um, including the lovely Miss Deborah Sue Voorhees leaning back, and she's completely naked, and he's on top of her, and he you know is there for like maybe five seconds you know yeah i mean you know what more is there to do right so so he finished whoa and and while they are having sex drifter guy is watching from the woods and then drifter guy gets killed well what else is drifter guy gonna do 
literally nothing. Right. And also, I just feel like sex couple, like, why did you have to keep going to Ethel's farm to bone? Yeah, there seems to be like, it's almost like they are institutionalized, so to speak. Or they're, they're at this like weird halfway house because they have like a sex addiction. Right. And I just feel like nobody's watching you. There are 10,000 other places to go. It's a really big woods. It, lots of woods. There's a barn. There's, you know, the fucking house where they eat breakfast. You know, there's the bedroom. Honestly, they could have gone to the forest where Leatherbow Peep went. Yeah, like, it was just, like, let's go to our spot. Find a new fucking spot. There was nothing there that made it romantic. And then they smoked two of, like, the tiniest joint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, tiny little baby pitter joints. <laughs> Such a tiny joint. Yeah. I was like, oh. And then when they cut to, because he has to go to the pond to rinse off. And when he's standing by the pond, it literally looks like like he's a soldier in Vietnam. Like. Yeah, I was like, who is rinsing off in that pond? Like, seriously, go home and shower, you fucking weirdo. Really disgusting. And then, so, so she, so she gets one of my favorite deaths, which is she gets a pair of garden shears in her eyes. Yeah, no, that was, that was a fucking cool shot. Absolutely fantastic. He gets wrapped around a tree with a belt. Now, an interesting thing to point out is that a lot of the deaths in this film <clears throat> actually follow a certain pattern in that they're all missing their eyes. Huh. And once again, we will touch on exactly where that comes from. But like the okay, I but, that completely. <laughs> but, but a lot of the characters are, you know, eyes, 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 right? So meanwhile, Reggie Reggie's granddaddy decides he's going to get to go see his his brother Demon um, as long as Pam goes with him. And then they decide to take Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, I, Well, really, who else are you going to take on a fucking ride into town to go meet a man named Demon? What's great about it is that Demon, Demon lives in what looks like a mobile home park, except that it's just him in a van. Yeah. No, I love that though. I, it's a nice van. And I, oh, when I was watching it, I rewatched it again uh, with my old man. And I was like, I was just like, we could live in a van. We totally. <laughs> fucking an RV. It's Let's- so great. Cause like, they're, so they meet, they meet Demon. Demon's got, Demon's got the black leather pants. He's got oh, the yeah. jewelry. He's just, I just love it. I wish I could put Miguel Nunez in every fucking movie. He looks like he just got home from a thriller video. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And yeah. then we see Nita. That's yeah. his, that's his girlfriend. And she is like, she is seriously just stoned with yeah. her shirt open. Shirt open, but you s- you still don't really see boobs. No, no, you don't see her boobs, but her or shirt like her shirt is definitely open and she is w- higher than a piñata turd. Oh yeah, no, she is absolutely out of her fucking mind. And uh and so <laughs> so Reggie, oh and Reggie is wearing the most amazing red uh what is tracksuit. Yeah. Yes, he is wearing the most amazing red tracksuit. <clears throat> so <laughs> So Demon introduces his girlfriend, Nita, 
and says, you know, this is my girlfriend. And then Reggie, you know, kind of cheekily introduces Pam as his girlfriend. Yes. And Pam is, you know, like. And Pam does not dispute this fact, by the way. Not at all. Yeah. Very much. I was like, what? What are we? What is your therapeutic community about, Pam? <laughs> right? Like, it just seems very questionable. Yeah, go pet Tommy Jarvis some more. So then Junior shows up for whatever reason. Junior shows up on his motorcycle and starts fighting with Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis beats the shit out of Junior. Oh, yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy, very wayward, beats the snot out of junior so junior's bloody and and just disgusting and runs home to tell his mom and um one of my favorite scenes is in the van when he's offering him food and he's offering pam food he just goes uh he goes you want an enchilada how about a slice of pizza how about a, whatever else was in the oh taco taco yeah, or an egg roll or an egg roll yeah. <laughs> just everything which yeah. makes me wonder, I'm like, where is he cooking this shit in the van? Yeah, no, he's not. He's just <laughs> picking it up and you just eat as you go. And then, uh, so here's one of one of my all-time favorite scenes in this movie. The real reason I chose this movie to do on the show is this whole sequence. <laughs> is where Demon, after those damn enchiladas, yes. decides to go take a shit. He's sitting there taking a shit. Nita comes in. She starts shaking the outhouse that he's pooping in. And he's, like, angry at her. And, you know, and he's like, you damn it, bitch. You know, and she's like, she's like, you'll feel better when you shit. And they're, like, back and forth. And then, and then they break into song. Yeah. So I also am absolutely in love with this scene. Where, like, isn't everybody's fear kind of like being in a weird porta potty and somebody shaking the outside of it? And then when it's, you know, it starts to, so break into song, obviously. This is my favorite. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Yeah, yeah. no, that, w- that goes on for like a good two minutes, okay? So, so. But the demon gets up. And goes outside and never wipes yeah. in leather pants. <laughs> he gets up, right? He gets up because someone's shaking the van. Someone is shaking the outhouse again. So he gets up thinking he's basically going to beat the shit out of his girlfriend, Nita, apparently. Ooh, Ooh baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby. Okay, so he goes out there to, to basically beat his girlfriend and notices that Nita has had her has had her throat slit she is dead so he goes to hide inside the outhouse and he gets impaled first through the thigh okay well he didn't wipe his ass that's um I'm still there I'm still there in your nasty ass wearing your leather pants just poop rolling down the bottom of your leg I so so demon demon gets impaled He's dead. He He's fucking dead. Because he probably was going to have a need to wash them pants by hand. Yeah, That's I mean, really. Mean only just, you live in a van. just like a fucking rock against something. Yeah, like... <laughs> In the in the in the in the shitty pond where right. everyone rinses their privates rinses off. Their dick off, yeah. See. <laughs> 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 Oh my god. 
Uh, so now Junior has gone back to Ethel and told her, you know, he, you know, he, <laughs> that guy, he, he messed with me, mom. And he's driving around on this motorbike like a fucking lunatic. Yeah. And then he gets, he gets him, he, he gets decapitated. Yeah. Yep. And Ethel is inside, you know, making stew. Did you notice? Okay, but I gotta ask this. Did you did you notice that jar that was sitting behind her? Like, I don't know what that it would literally look like it was filled with algae. Um, yeah, no, I did notice that. But I was just like, there's a huge pot. I believe it's in the sink. Yes, it is in the sink. So no heat. And (laughs) she's just putting random things in the pot. Okay, total stew, but it's water. And then, you know, Ethel meets her final end and she squishes those tomatoes. She squishes the tomatoes when she gets, she gets like cleaved. Yeah. Yeah. Through the window. Fantastic shot. Great shot. Just boom down into the stew. So now we cut. It's full of flowers. The stew is full of flowers. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. (laughs) For somebody who was putting like, I mean, a whole carrot stick and like all the celery, lettuce galore. There's a lot of lettuce. Yeah. And it was just like hibiscus leaves in Ethel's head. And I was like, that's not stew. (laughs) So so meanwhile, um, oh, after the fight. Okay. So after the fight with Junior, Tommy Jarvis is basically run into the night. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because I do ask, like, later on, like, where the fuck is Tommy? Where like, where Tommy go? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because a lot starts happening. <laughs> right. So we're kind of, there's a lot of, obviously, red herrings here. I mean, a ton of red herrings that have been thrown in. There's, like, Drifter Guy. There's, you know, there's Tommy Jarvis. There's, like, who's the killer, you know? So um, we cut back to the halfway house, and uh, our, our, our little ginger... Uh, played by Juliet Cummings, is wearing a short blue robe, no bra, panties, and has a bowl of popcorn in her lap and is watching a horror film with, <laughs> we call him Stuttering Jake. Yes. Uh, yes, so Robin, no no wayward to be found. Jake stutters, and he's a little creepy, but really not wayward. He's not wayward, but he's su- he is super creepy. And he basically like tells Robin, he's like, you know, he's like, I want to be with you. I want to m- m- make love to you. And I, I I, would be like, and then she starts fucking laughing. Yeah. Which is the right response. Really, it is. Yeah, <clears throat> especially when you're trying to watch a movie and you're like, what? And it's just this weird guy in your ear. Like, I like you. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> no, I really like you. Fuck Cool. Watching this movie. Right. And he's just like. Trying to enjoy the wolf man. Right. You know? I, I want to be with you. We, we're together right now. Watch it. What the fuck? Yeah. I would like to make love with you. Oh, God. <laughs> which which in and of itself, I, I'm just saying that that is definitely not the way to go about that, my no, friend. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Don't say that to us. Although I do love that there is a sign in the hallway that says positively no playing handball in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, well, that's not where you play handball. You know, <laughs> safety first. <laughs> so... So Jake ends up getting cleaved, like, through the face. Uh, Robin tries to go to bed. She she goes to bed in, you know, in, in, in panties and, like, literally no bra. Like yeah. you do. Like you do in a wayward house for teens. Ugh, in, a, in a bunk bed. Yeah, in a bunk bed. It's fine. And then she rolls over and sees Jake's dead body and freaks out. Yep. And uh, then we also have uh, Joy Division. That was okay. her name. Yes. Violet. 
our 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 friendly little goth girl um popping and locking in her room right yeah popping and locking yeah i was just like oh you're in the wrong movie you should be in uh electric boogaloo (laughs) 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 and maybe she is erin would know i have no fucking idea she's actually not in that but (laughs) that actress is tiffany helm tiffany helm is also in reform school girls Oh, you did tell me that. Yeah, she's Charlie's other girl. Yes, she's DeMoss. Right. She's not, she's exactly, she's not Darcy DeMoss. <laughs> See, I do listen and now that. That was good. Yeah, right? I'm not a total burnout anymore. No, you're not a total burnout. So uh, Violet is, yes, once again, popping lock in, in her uh, in her room. And she's doing this really cool dance too. Um, a song by a band called Pseudo Echo, uh, which is called His Eyes, which is a fucking phenomenal song. So she's dancing to that. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> Jason, <laughs> in quotes, uh, <laughs> the killer, enters the enters the uh, the room and like machetes her just up the everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right in half. Mm-hmm. Yep. Poor, so- poor little Joy Division. Poor Joy Division. So um reggie is i guess wandering around the house at one point and he opens up tommy's room and sees just a pile of bodies yeah yes and then you know he yeah he was he fell asleep on the couch and then yeah so i was just like oh that probably saved his life good yeah yeah good for you reggie so there's like so so he goes and tells pam he's like in tommy's room and you know pam goes in there she screams so they're kind of like led to believe okay tommy has gone batshit right very wayward and is is killing everybody yes so him and vic maybe belonged in this school (laughs) so they're joy division not so much (laughs) or stuttering jake anyway they're all everybody's running around they run into matt matt's been nailed to a tree eyes nailed to a tree they're running now there's a lot of running around in the rain yes and very good shirt from pam Yes, Pam. Okay, so Pam, i.e. the actress Melanie Kinnaman, will actually say this. She says she looks like shit the entire movie until they turn the sprinklers on. Yeah, and I was just like, you are wearing a white shirt, but you don't see any nipple. Uh -uh. But you can still kind of see boot. I was like, what kind of shirt is this? (laughs) It's like a magic hyper color shirt from the 80s. Like, she didn't get that shit from Sheen, that's for sure. No, definitely not. So... Oh, and then unfortunately, Reggie's papa, he's also dead, but also dead through the eyes. Yeah. Yes, he was. And you don't see that. No, he thank just He just is. So Reggie saves Pam's life with a tractor. Yes. As you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I cheered. I yelled out loud when it really, you know, Pam's running. She falls down, she's tracking through the mud and just every stereotypical 80s girl in some very small boots she has those like very tiny like ankle boots that were very popular at that time period yeah and just it really looks like it is the end for pam and then yeah reggie busts through and you know knocks jason over and then we stop right yeah obviously and then there's a showdown in the barn yeah and i i am i am firm with this a chainsaw is the most terrifying weapon even no matter who is wielding it it is terrifying and if you go to a haunted house with me ever i will throw you 
Erin, my po- whom I love, or any child, I will throw you at the chainsaw guy, and I'm going to run away. And okay. I so cha- so chainsaws are your that's that's your Achilles heel. That is it. I lose my shit when it's uh, a chainsaw is involved. Oh my god. <clears throat> It's also important to to point out that um, Tommy arrives into the uh, in, in into the barn so he can like save Pam and Reggie. Uh, so now we know there's Jason and Tommy is not Jason. So or not our killer. Ooh, you're all wet, buddy. <laughs> Once again, I'm talking about the dog. No, that was about me. <laughs> Okay, there. What what happened? Okay, so so uh, yes, Pam is wielding a chainsaw, which then of course stops working. So she just throws the chainsaw at she throws the chainsaw at Jason, and Tommy comes. There's a huge like fight, and then Jason falls on what basically looks like a bed of nails. I think it's some sort of like uh, farming. farming equipment. Yeah. It's, right. It's a farming equipment. And, and his mask falls off and we see a random white guy with dark hair. Yep. And let me, <laughs> let me just say that if you have not been paying attention, you will not know who, who the, the fuck, fuck that is. <laughs> It is kind of like, oh, that's a that's a random white guy with yeah. brown hair. Right. Yeah. That okay. is not Jason. And that is not. And OK. Right. But it's OK because Sheriff Tucker has arrived uh, post post murder at the hospital to be the exposition fairy. We needed him to be. And he comes up and says, you know, Roy, <laughs> that would be Roy. The ambulance attendant, who we only see two times in this movie, is actually the killer. And apparently, Joey was his abandoned son. Now, if... Joey? Right! And who's Joey? Joey would be the portly, you know, kid that got axed to death by Mark Venturini. Which is funny because, like, he gets killed by Vic. So, like, nobody else... (laughs) Nobody else killed Joey. I was just like, oh. and Vic is just in jail. Right. So Vic is in jail. So you were the fat kid's dad. Who apparently abandoned him. Who abandoned him and now knows where he is. And because you have his picture in his wallet, you know where he is. You And you never step up to be his dad. A picture that literally looks like it was taken the day that they shot that one scene. Absolutely. And now that you want to be super dad and you're going to murder everyone in the fucking town for your son that you loved so much that you didn't raise. Yeah, so... Fuck you. Once again, Roy. What the hell with Roy being the killer? And um, it, and it's important to point out that a lo- that the people that had a part, as in the people who lived in the halfway house, um, and saw <clears throat> Joey get murdered, all had their eyes somehow either uh, cut out or impaled or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I such a hidden meeting that I never 
The first time I'm hearing about that, yeah, yeah, never, never saw it. Meanwhile, sweaty Tommy Jarvis wakes up from a very strange dream and ends up impaling Pam with a machete. But that turns out that's a dream. Yeah. Which this whole, I will tell you this. As somebody who loves this movie for its sleaziness, and I mean, because it is really fucking sleazy, for its sleaziness and um, and and nudity and soundtrack, uh, I will say that this ending is just what in the fuck are they thinking? I was like, how many twist dream endings do we need? Like, how many? Like, there's two. Yeah. Well, initially, uh, when Jason goes over the the you know side of the barn he's holding on and then you know it's him and reggie and then they're fighting and help 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 and then you know we find out then he we gets kicked over then it's roy and now we're in the hospital and now ooh, new surprise ending and then oh, and i was like so then so, the, so then there's a scene where tommy so tommy wakes up once again covered in sweat and uh pulls out a jason mask from his drawer and then pam comes in to check on him and he turns into batman yeah yeah uh, like you do <laughs> like he literally he leaped out the window yeah and the only thing that really would have made that better if it was like because you know he didn't open the window he went through a hospital window pane uh, just by himself, and I was like, "Man, that should have just been like the imprint of of a human body." Yeah, I right, mean, because it because it actually kind of has like ears. Yeah, like ju- I was like, "That's." And how did he get the Jason mask into the hospital? He was like sliced up from Jason on the top of a fucking barn, and what he picked up the mask on the way out and was like, "Excuse me, ambulance driver, that's not the murderer on the harvester over here. I need that mask." Because I'm having a bad day. I do, exactly. I I really have absolutely no idea what they were where where they were going with this. Um, so a little bit of background with this movie. Um, this was shot by Danny Steineman. Danny Steineman had only done one other film, which <clears throat> was <laughs> a porno. He did a porno, and um, he also did a movie called Savage Streets, which has Linda Blair and my pal, Linnea Quigley, uh, which is also equally as sleazy. Yeah, no, I was like, wait, I've seen that. I know that name. <laughs> and pretty much everybody who did this movie, including uh, uh, actor, uh, including Roy Roy's actor Dick Wyand and stuntman Tom Morga, <laughs> alleged that Steinman spent most of the shoot binging on cocaine. <laughs> And veered between being verbally abusive to most of the cast and so high off his ass that the cinematographer had to direct certain scenes. He only cleaned up on days when Shaver Ross's mother was on set. Oh, well, that was nice of him. Now we know where we get that huge amount of cocaine on the mirror. Oh, my God. Right. That was probably just like yeah. leftover from right. Danny's night. Yeah. It was just like, no, it's real cocaine. Yeah, it's real oh, cocaine. my good God. Okay. All right. So... That is it for today. If you guys want to follow us, please do so on Instagram at Manic Movie Monday Podcast, as well as Facebook. And Hillary has an Instagram as well. I, uh, Hillary the Horrible. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Hillary the Horrible. Um, 
And as for our next episode, we really don't know. Yeah. I don't know. DM us. Slide into our DMs. Right. Slide into our DMs if you want to stalk us. Yeah. Uh, Or request uh, something. Right. Or just request something. We actually like it when people request things. So stay manic, my lovelies.